Hey team, welcome to episode 11 of the Uncomfortable is Okay podcast. I'm your host Chris Desmond and today I'm having a chat with Erin Todd from Worker Bee. Erin is another awesome individual that I met at Connect Wellington Shameless Soapbox. She's bubbly, she's vibrant and she has an infectious and powerful laugh so be prepared for a few of them today. Worker Bee are passionate about feeding people incredibly healthy food that make them feel good while encouraging nutrient-dense gardening practices in our community. So today we chat about how Erin got involved in Worker Bee. Turns out it was really quite an organic process, and that was pun intended. Erin just started doing things she was interested in, and one thing led to another, and business ideas developed. We talk through how if Erin couldn't find the way, she would ask, because there's always a way, and there's always someone who knows the way. We have a bit of a conversation around how mistakes can always be turned into lessons, but sometimes how we feel guilty about setting ourselves expectations and then not achieving them. And quite excitingly, we discuss Erin's philosophy that if something is really scary, then you should probably just go and do it because that's the way that you're going to learn. That's the way that you're going to grow. So thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you're new here, welcome aboard. And if you're a regular, then I'm glad that that I haven't made you too uncomfortable yet. If you enjoy the podcast, or even if you don't, then make sure that you leave a comment, you leave a review, and if you think it's worthwhile, Share it out with someone that you think might enjoy it. to the Uncomfortable is Okay podcast. Thanks Thank for you. coming and sharing some time with me today. Thanks for having me. Oh, not a problem. It's cool to be here with you. So could you tell me a little bit of background about yourself, kind of where you, where you came from and uh, what you've been up to? Um, jeepers, okay. <laughs> Quite broad. Yeah, where, yeah. yeah. <laughs> where I've come from. Um, I'm originally from Detroit and in the States. Okay, My cool. mother is, that. Are we going that far back? You can go that far back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, mum's American, dad's a Kiwi. I grew up in Wainui Mata, just okay. over the yep. hill there, yep. uh, which gets a bad rap, but um, I had a really good childhood there, you know? Yeah, awesome. Um, and my dad was um, the kind of dad that, that grew a big garden and, and mum would make fruit leathers out of the plum tree. Nice. Um, the fruit from the plums. Oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I'm getting a bit tongue-tied. Um, <laughs> the fruit from the trees and, you know, chutneys and that kind of thing. So quite uh, the, the whole foods family. And so I guess that is what gave me a passion for whole foods, nutrition, healthy lifestyle, that kind of thing, because as I made my way in life, um, I discovered that that was um, missing a 
and a lot of culture and a lot of um, other people's families, I guess, um, and friends. So, sorry, I'm really nervous all of a sudden. No, no, I don't that's know right. Why. <laughs> as, soon as, I, as soon as I wave a microphone it's in like front of people, that's like that's what happens. Beeping. Yeah, I just I'll put my finger <laughs> over that so you can't see that one. Put um, some tape over the top of it. So you you grew um, up in Wainui. Went to school out there as well. Yeah, yeah. I went to school there. I went, um, I was at school, at primary school in Wainui, and then I was at Hutt High. Okay, cool. So, and then Wellington Girls. Yep. Yes. I wasn't very good at school. I didn't, I didn't really gel with um, the status quo. Okay, so... <laughs> Not very good at your subjects, or not very good yeah, in terms I was, of naughty. I was quite naughty. I yeah, I was quite naughty. I was really good at science. Oh yeah, yeah. I was really good at science um, and drama. And, yeah. And that was about it. And otherwise, I I didn't really want to go. Yeah. Okay. Authority was not was not big in my in my sphere of things at yeah. high school. And are you after after high school? What happened? After high school, I went traveling. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the States, back to the States to visit family, that kind of thing. And then traveled around, just working as a waitress. And um, and then I was a nanny. Um, I was in New York and England. Um, a little bit of Europe. And then came back home and swore I would never... Um, nanny again and um, nine months sorry not nine months later probably a year later I had my son Finley (laughs) with children again yeah yeah and not getting paid to look after them either and not getting paid to look after well actually I did (laughs) (laughs) sorry not my well yeah I kind of did so um, I don't know what you would call it but um yeah when I had my son um I figured I may as well be looking after other people's children as well so I started okay. a child care center yeah I guess I was an entrepreneur from, <laughs> from, from the get-go, from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. and yeah so when Finley was um yeah one year old I started a boutique um child care center in Miramar that was kind of um, it was all about having smaller numbers and um, longer hours for shift workers. And my partner at the time was in film, so um, it was more about catering for for mums in the industry. Yeah. Cool. So there you go. I worked out a way to get paid for being a mum. <laughs> nice, nice. That's, that's impressive, actually. <laughs> I, like, I like that. Yeah. If we move on... You're involved with something called Worker Bee at the moment. Yeah. How did how did the idea for that come about? That came about. We've always been trying to work out ways of making things better, and I guess it it, it came about organically. There'll be lots of gardening puns in this now. <laughs> Hopefully, my audience likes puns. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan. Excellent. Yeah, so I was living with a, a good friend of mine who um, developed breast cancer and making green smoothies was something that I could do while she was getting chemotherapy and, and that kind of thing. Um, we were, you know, some other friends came and put a garden in 
um, and so I became fairly adept at gardening and she had a lot of knowledge as well. Um, so all the leafy greens that we were growing were going into the green smoothies and I got to thinking about uh, you know nutrients and um, soil testing and that kind of thing. Yeah and so went along like that for a little while and then figured that the only way it was sustainable was if I was doing it for everyone else as well which is a little weird but that was my way of thinking at the time and um, I was a massage therapist at Weta Digital Okay. so I was looking after a lot of people there um, and started talking about green smoothies and they had actually had someone delivering green smoothies before that had stopped doing it so I said you know why don't, why don't I do that so I did and it went really well I had a, a kitchen down in Berenpool at a, a friend's cafe Rinsky's yeah I guess having someone in your house that is that ill I just it gets you wondering really you know like well it got me wondering what I'm doing with my life and all those good things um, so I started thinking about bucket list stuff um, so the green smoothies were kind of fundraising for me to um, fulfill all these crazy dreams that I had <laughs> yeah so I went to Mexico I, um, I went skydiving I went scuba diving <laughs> awesome. um, yeah and just slowly ticked off yeah. All these crazy things that were so, so scary. Yeah, all things to get so, you out so of your scary. comfort zone. Yeah. Brilliant. What other stuff Definitely. did you do? Jeepers, I'd have to get the, the list. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, Cuba was a pretty, was a pretty big, big mm. one there. And I was fascinated with um, urban agriculture and um, how they'd survived um, outside of you know Western culture and being away from America and that kind of thing, I thought it would be this beautiful local sustainable mecca, but it really wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my Spanish was not <laughs> up to. I was so naive. Oh my goodness. My Spanish was not up to play at all, um, and going by myself as well was just um, was quite terrifying. But I ended up meeting a Kiwi over there who is from Nelson, um, Nicola Galloway, and she is um, a chef down in, in Nelson as well. And I heard the Kiwi accent and just hugged her. So I was, I was, <laughs> I was um, yeah, I was really, really saved by this Kiwi family over yeah. in over in Cuba. Um, and I've gone off on another tangent. That's but right. that's <laughs> how long how long were you in Cuba for? Um, I was supposed to be there for a month, and I stayed for three. Yeah, two and a half weeks. Yeah, in the end, okay. um, I got cholera, or what they thought was cholera. I was, I was really sick. Well, because again, you know, I'm trying to do everything different, and 
<laughs> you Embrace know, like, the experience. Yeah, exactly. Mix with the locals. Do yeah. everything they tell you Have not some to do. Food. Oh my yeah. goodness. It is yeah, delicious, I did though. it all. And I was so sick. I was so, so sick. <laughs> um, and it just, it just wasn't fun anymore. So I went to Mexico. Which is not where you would usually go when you've got a dodgy belly. I don't know but... if I'd go there to recover from cold. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was amazing. It was. It was amazing. Um, the doctors in Cuba were also amazing. They they stocked me up with some with some great meds. Their conditions were also really interesting. You know, they were still wearing the fifties pillar box hats. Oh, nice. and, yeah. Um, but there's no plastic, so there's no rubber gloves. There's yeah. no little, you know, pill medicine cups yeah. and things like that. So medication is just, you know, delivered on the hand and mm-hmm. taken. Um, but yeah, they were really good. They were really caring and yeah. So obviously, all these experience—Cuba, Mexico, scuba diving, skydiving—all yeah. really what most people would find slightly challenging at least and definitely kind of pushing you out of your comfort zone why did you why did you pick all these different ones like what kind of uh what drew you to these having these experiences because they're they're terrifying they're really scary and if something's really scary you should probably well i should probably do it you know because that's how you grow and that's how you learn about yourself yeah um and what you're capable of you just you don't know until you throw yourself literally Out sometimes <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, particularly the plane actually was shocking to me i thought i went with a good friend of mine for her 30th birthday and she's all like lipstick on her lips <laughs> <laughs> she's like right let's do this you know um, and and jumped out of a plane with a plum, but I was I was sitting in, in the plane terrified, like on the verge of tears, and I screamed. They heard me down on the ground, <laughs> <laughs> screaming the entire way um, until I'd screamed just enough and and could open my eyes and look down and go, wow, this is amazing you know yeah how did you feel afterwards incredible yeah yeah i could barely walk though yeah yeah the adrenaline and um relief that i didn't die was (laughs) was pretty incredible i jumped out of a plane once before and it was yeah as you say it was incredible i was just absolutely fizzing and uh such a rush yeah went with um a couple of mates in the morning we all jumped out of the plane and then we went to a friend's wedding in the afternoon yeah so it was a it was a fantastic day yeah yeah. had a a great time what did you learn about yourself through doing these experiences I was just thinking about that with the diving because I did my open water certificate in Mexico because I had time yeah. on my hands and, you know, I wasn't out partying or anything, so I was still feeling quite ill. Um, so I did lots of study um, to get the cert and went and uh, so got my certificate. And because I had that, um, I could go and do cenote diving, cave diving. Cool. Um, I could do night diving, so I went and did that. So what I learned about myself (laughs) was that I have a tendency to just take opportunities 
um, and do them because they can. And I throw myself into some potentially dangerous and crazy situations that I could probably think about a little bit more first. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm brave. That's what I learned. I'm really brave. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And that's, um, that's a cool thing to know about yourself. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, uh, taking the opportunities as they arise, it definitely sounds like you've doing, you've done that kind of go, being able to go and do all these things off the back of selling green smoothies and, and, and doing that. Yeah. Which I think is a nice segue back. To, yes, uh, <laughs> so you've, uh, you've sold yeah. these green smoothies, you've yeah. gone and done all this cool, yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah. When did and you all come the back? While, all the while, in the back of my mind, I knew I was coming back to, um, to complete this perfect permaculture um, circle, I guess permaculture being you know diverse closed circle kind of systems so I had already um, met Linnea Lindstrom by then um, at a few social enterprise conferences Um, and Sarah Adams here at the council who's incredible with um, with all the urban farming initiatives that she's uh, advocated here um, and so, yeah, it gave me a really good uh, outside perspective um, to come back and really get charging on green smoothies and worker bee. Um, at that stage, I think it was still called Ubi Juice because I was trying to fit it in somehow with being local and collaborating with with other companies and um and people doing good things because i didn't want to do it by myself i knew i knew that it was way too big yeah which is me someone to rein you back a little bit oh maybe yeah that would well. be great <laughs> yeah i could still use a bit of that <laughs> <laughs> the green smoothies um and oh and salads and lunch boxes so the idea was that we're growing everything locally and making it and delivering it to busy workers and because I was working at Wetter, I was um, aware of how easy it is to eat unhealthy when you're sitting in an unhealthy environment, potentially in front of your computer, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that processed food is much easier to get your well, hands exactly. on and uh, pre-made rather than some healthy alternatives that take a little bit of effort. Yeah, exactly. And we don't have time. No, these no. days like it's such a busy culture mm, that we're in yeah. and it's promoted yeah you know how are you doing oh busy oh good that's good isn't yeah. it no yeah. it's not good not at all <laughs> I don't want to be that busy I want to be able to you know spend time in the garden and and make my own food but generally we don't no and I think as you, as you say, it is promoted to be busy. Mm. It's not a it's not a good thing. Sometimes you you need to say no to stuff, and I don't know if it's hey we don't have time not to eat healthy. Yeah, I think it's we don't make time. Yeah, because it doesn't take that much more time. It take you maybe ten or fifteen minutes to mm. do something healthy as opposed to going and buying a pie or something. Yeah. Um, you might be right there, and making time. Yeah, I think you can, surely you can find 10 minutes from somewhere else in your day 
yeah. that either you're sitting on the couch watching TV or just I don't know sitting picking your nose or doing something <laughs> like that. I'm pretty yeah. I'm pretty sure you could you could find time to do it. Yeah, prepping I think mm, I find yeah. is is the key for that one. Yeah, but it isn't always a priority for us. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So the idea was that we were making it easier cool. for people. Yeah. And it was all tied in beautifully with urban farming and we were going to help educate people. Or well, we are actually, I shouldn't say we're. <laughs> um, um, we're, gonna, we're helping people to learn how to grow their own food. Um, and now we're, we're helping people to learn how to make their food. Um, so we kind of veered away from the workplace wellness uh, mm-hmm. thing. Um, well, it just wasn't viable. It may, we may come back to it, but yeah. right now I don't think making things easy for people is a, that good a thing. You know? You want to work for it <laughs> at some, to some degree. Yeah, it's um, nice to have that sense of achievement when you've done it for yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're going more towards um, drop points throughout the city so that people are getting out of their offices, away from their chairs and computers, and they at least get a walk to go and pick up their workaby goodness. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So that's the idea there. So you're doing, you're, you're doing some drops with food for, for people, but you're also doing some some teaching and education yeah, as well. So, so it's kind of a teach a man to fish rather than exactly. give him a fish sort of uh, story. Yeah, cool. Exactly. What, what teaching are you doing? What educational stuff? Um, so with Wickby Oasis, which is the incorporated society that's the urban farm in Newtown, um, there's teaching how to grow um, sustainability, sorry, sustainable technology and just learning how to permaculturally design your space um, and there's there's people there that can help and advise on pretty much anything vegetable you know and fungus soon we're, um, awesome. we're doing a lot of uh, composting workshops and yeah so we're about to enter the low carbon challenge that, okay. we, that Wellington City Council are doing um, to really iron out how those memberships and workshops are presented. But yeah, that's pretty exciting. I'm, I'm stoked. It is. That sounds, that sounds cool. How did you go about setting up an urban garden in Newtown? Was, was that a bit difficult. of a challenge? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> how, how did that come um, about? Well, thankfully, we've got um, a fairly green council now. We've got, as I said, um, Sarah Adams and advocate will go with yep. and she got that position a few months after I started applying um, and that really helped so I'm just having to go back and remember exactly how that happened I approached a bunch of community gardens first to try and get them to I guess be more of a social enterprise kind of yep. thing um, and then met Sarah Adams at uh, one of the Inspiral uh, workshops for social enterprise and when she got the job at the council she came to me and said 
this would be the perfect spot and we had it tested soil tested and it's actually right up there with um, biointensive standards so it was yeah it was it was just perfect yeah so there's an application process yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that we had to go through for sure um and i think getting incorporating the society was probably uh, a bit harder than no it wasn't it was equally as hard it's just like <laughs> <laughs> it's just lots of hoops to jump through and boxes to tick and if if the powers that be get their boxes ticked then then they're fine yeah yeah did you ever get disheartened in that process and think about, oh, maybe this oh, isn't God, the right yeah. idea? This was a process that, this was over like six months, six yeah. or seven months getting this done. And Linnea, who I was doing the farm with and still doing the farm with, um, my co-conspirator, was overseas at the time. So it really felt like I was doing everything alone, um, getting it started. Did you have any kind of processes that you went through when you got to that point where you thought, oh, man, this is this is hard work? Is there any way that you kind of picked yourself back up and, and said, oh, all right, there's another hoop. Yeah. I'll go and jump through it. Yeah. There's always a way. There's always a way and there's always someone that knows more than you. Mm-hmm. Or, or not necessarily, yeah. There's always someone, things. not yeah, not necessarily more than you, but there's always someone that knows the way or has some advice or has a connection um, that you need, especially in Wellington. Yeah. Um, you know, you're only one degree of, sep- um, of separation from anyone mm. in Wellington, mm. right? Yeah. And I find that if you ask people for help, most of the time, they're pretty happy to, to get out there and, and help you. Heck yes. And I think that's probably something that we don't do particularly well all the time is we kind of live in our own little secluded world and say, oh, it's up to me I've, if I want to be successful and do this, I've got to do it all by myself. But yeah. actually just sticking your hand up and saying, hey, can you help me? Yeah. It's amazing what uh, or who kind of pops out and uh, is able to help you which is what it sounds like you had yeah multiple times through that through the process multiple multiple times which is cool so i think yeah just obviously uh you're not uncomfortable with uh putting your putting your hand up and and i am uncomfortable yeah i find it really difficult yeah yeah do you have (laughs) you you again like i said is something that i i have to make myself do because i'm uncomfortable yeah are you finding that is changing the more you do it or it's still just as uncomfortable no it's it's easier now but it's still it's still uncomfortable yeah i don't know if you ever get to a point where you're not uncomfortable doing that kind of stuff i hope i do (laughs) (laughs) yeah we have to get you back for another episode when you do and you can tell us how you did it yeah We've had a bit of a chat about where Worker Bee's at at the moment. Where do you want it to go from here? Mm. Um, so we've just taken over the uh, our own kitchen in Lyle Bay, which is awesome. So that means that we can do more cooking classes cool. uh, and things like that. So as well as teaching on the farm, we've got a kitchen that we can teach people how to make 
things and it's so much fun. Um, and that's just happened over the last uh, few weeks. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so all kinds of bird labs happening there. Um, where to next is the worker bee hive. Um, so that, um, that again will be a collaboration <laughs> space um, and trying to get as many people who are passionate about um, local uh, organic, sustainable, you know, all those, all those buzzwords. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, startup space, um, but more of a more of a maker space um, as well. And in the front of it, we'll have the work be general store, I guess. So I'm really passionate about um, the waste free side of of things. So we'll have a general store in there that you can come and fill up your own containers with olive oil from the Juno Olive Grove in Wadarapa. Um, you can swap produce. You can fill up your jars with chutney from Nam's Kitchen or, you know, I yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so that's that's where it's going, and hopefully we can build um, a beautiful symbiotic model that can be uh, replicated elsewhere for any city or town that wants to be a little more connected with um, sustainability and resilience. Cool. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. I hope I can do it. <laughs> Given what you've done and what you've achieved so far, uh, I'm a bit on you with this one. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Well, I'm not doing it alone. I'll give you, tell you that. No, good, good, good. <laughs> so I think uh, the the next question that I've got for you, Erin, is can you tell me about a time that you've failed and what you learned from it? I feel like I'm often failing. <laughs> Um, and mostly it's expectations of myself, you know, um, which potentially needs to be adjusted. So, failing. I prefer not to use the term failing <laughs> because it's um, it's always a, it's always a lesson, and it, and it often turns out to be the best I had to get you know yeah, yeah a bit vague on it but there's often something you need to look at in that mistake you know or there's another way that you can win it's more of the not meeting those internal expectations that you've set for yourself rather than meeting someone's external expectations that you that you feel that you air quotes fail yeah and more often yeah often yeah okay i feel sometimes well i don't know failure and guilt are, are wrapped up and i think the... that <laughs> sometimes they're interchangeable yeah, with how sorry. we view ourselves that you feel guilty that you have set yourself these expectations and you and you haven't achieved them yeah it's like trying you know just trying to be a really great mum while i'm 
you know, working full-time and having a business and, you know, so, um, yeah, there's there's plenty of muck-ups in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I understand what you mean there. There's, uh, and I think we're our own harshest critics sometimes as well. That yeah. If one of your friends was doing the same thing uh, as you and then you were going to give them some feedback, you definitely wouldn't have you wouldn't be as harsh on them oh, as you are on no. yourself. Goodness, no. Sometimes I think about that. I'm like, yeah. Um, and I try and listen to myself like someone else is, is talking to me. And as you say, like, there is no way I would talk to a friend like that. There's no way I'd let anyone else talk to me like that. Yeah. So it is, it is interesting to just notice yeah. those internal... Are you able to stop that internal conversation or change it? Do you have a way that you that you go to to try and do that when you when you realise that you are doing it? Yeah, uh, yoga has been really helpful. Breathing patterns that yep. I've learnt through yoga has been incredible um, because I do notice that internal chatter, and with that internal chatter is is tension you know in the body yeah. and so as soon as I start feeling that you know the the shoulders start going up and the chest starts to constrict a little bit I'm like hang on a second and yeah just taking a, I, it sounds cliche but you know taking a few deep breaths through the nose and and centering myself really helps to let me see my thoughts from the outside I guess yeah okay cool be a little bit more objective around things yeah 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 Yeah. okay that sounds sounds good and uh, I think that's that's something that a lot of people struggle with is that internal chatter and uh, how to figure out the best way to uh, manage that for themselves and everyone has different ways of, of doing it yeah. as well. Well, as you said before, I mean, we're all really busy. Mm. Outside, you know, <laughs> externally and internally. Yeah. And, yeah, taking some space is, is always going to be a good thing. It is, yeah, mm. yeah. My next question for you, Erin. What was the last thing that you did that made you feel uncomfortable? Sitting in this chair. <laughs> because of the chair or because of the shiny blue light on the microphone? Yeah, the shiny blue, the shiny blue mic. Yeah. Um, the last thing I did that made me uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't do radio well. Um, I don't speak about myself well, generally. Um, I'm, as I said, my own worst critic. Good. I'm glad. This, I'm glad this scared you then, because otherwise I might not have got the chance to talk to you. Thanks. So, Erin, what's the next uncomfortable thing that you're going to be doing? Um, again, it's um, it's it's kind of selling myself. So having to approach other people for collaboration and help. That is the next thing that I'm doing. <laughs> so yeah, finding you know finding collaborators for drop points around Wellington for for weekly lunch bags, um, and so I'm going to have to go out and and sell the idea to people. Um, 
business people. Mm. Mm. And I, we, I've had similar conversations to this before and that selling the idea, especially one that is so close to you and that you're so passionate about, yeah. is often really uncomfortable and challenging because to start with, you don't have any validation that, hey, this is a, a good idea other than people that you've talked to and said, yeah, sounds good. Or, But as, as you say, with that, uh, that internal chatter and that self-doubt that starts, starts up from time to time, mm. sometimes, you're, sometimes you think, yeah, this is a great idea. It'll, it'll be sweet. Mm. And then other times you think, oh, man, this is a stink idea. <laughs> this is never going to work. Um, and when you're passionate about something, well, when I'm, sorry, when I'm passionate about something, it, it, you're right, it, it's harder because it's closer to my heart. and You take it personally sometimes. Oh, yeah, and um, I trip over my words and get all inarticulate and think that someone else could do it better. and Yeah, but ultimately I'm the one that's doing it, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there we go. It's like jumping out of a plane. That when yeah. you land, you're just buzzing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's that initial jump. Yeah. If people want to find out more about you and about Workabee, where can they go online or where can they go in person to to find that stuff out? Um, they can go to our website, workabee.co. That's workabee one e one e dot co. Um, they can go to our Facebook page a lot that's current at the moment because I'm, that's another thing that I have to do um, yeah yeah. or they can email iloveworkabee at gmail.com thanks again very much for your time today Erin I want to ask you one more question is there any advice or tips or interesting facts that you want to leave our audience with just about life in general. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Hang on, I have to think about that one. <laughs> um, I think, just go for it, I think. Don't think too much. Yeah. You know, just go for it, just do it. What's the worst that can happen? You have to change your mind and do something else. There's nothing that's... Um, Sorry, I'll retract that last little bit. <laughs> like, there's nothing that that's, that's that scary that's going to kill you, you know. Unless it does. <laughs> Sweet. I think that's a good note to finish on. Um, awesome. Hey guys, thanks for listening. And remember, please take the time to uh, leave a comment or leave a review. It really means a lot, and it helps get this podcast out into other people's ears. Also, if you, or someone that you know, or even someone that you don't know, and you just think, hey, that person should be on the podcast, reach out to me and let me know. You can go head over to Facebook, Uncomfortable is OK, or you can email me, uncomfortableisokay at gmail.com. It'd be great to have your thoughts on who I should get on the pod. Cheers, guys. Have a great week.